this place around All the men would come and lay their money down Her daddy was a jealous man But Johanna fell in love He kept saying the man dealt a bad hand ghoulish greetings every single one of you thank you so much for stopping by making paranormal prowlers podcast part of your day it is awesomely appreciated as always those tunes are of course courtesy of the lovely boppy mackey and i'm your host tessa morrow out in the desert in tonopah an old mining town is an extremely haunted location known as the Mizpah Hotel. Legends like my boy Wyatt Earp have stayed here while passing through the area. Many people have came here and liked it so much that, hey, they decided to stay eternally. (laughs) For the Mizpah is filled to pretty much the brim with several resident spirits, haunts, encounters, and so much more. We are going to talk all about these spirits and stories and everything else. Now, my guest, Shambria, is no stranger when it comes to the paranormal. She's the sales manager for the Mispa Hotel in Tonopah, Nevada. She also supervises the hotel's amazing restaurant, She's lived here for the past four years with her husband and four daughters. They enjoy spending their free time together in the great outdoors and going on little adventures here and there and everywhere throughout Tonopah, every single chance they get. And I love that. I do that too. I am like, okay, where are we going today? You know, what kind of adventure are we going to get ourselves into? It's fun exploring. Shambria, thank you so much for stopping by. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, geez. You know, pleasure is absolutely all mine. So how did the Mispa Hotel come into your life? My husband and I actually moved here in 2017, just from another town just a few hours away from here. So we're, we've never, you know, ventured out of Nevada. We've always been in Nevada and always in Nye County. <laughs> so we, we moved up to Tonopah because we have four kids and, you know, it just, life was a lot easier being up here, you know, a smaller town and, you know, just like I said, just easier to maintain life. It wasn't as expensive and hectic and things like that. And I actually, I stayed home for a short time when we first moved here because I was, you know, I was pregnant with our youngest. And so I actually had met a woman who was the head housekeeper here. And I used to, I used to watch her daughter and I would ask her about the hotel and, you know, things like that. And of course, as soon as I was good and ready, I really wanted to get back to work. And I don't know, I was just really intrigued with all the information that she would fill me with on the hotel and the people here, the atmosphere. And I mean, it wasn't even so much as like the paranormal portion that drew my attention. It was just the atmosphere itself, really. So I actually started off in housekeeping 
a little over three years ago now. So, and I've only expanded my horizons, and now I'm the sales manager. And I honestly, I don't think I could imagine being anywhere else. I I love this place, and I mean, the owners are just phenomenal people to work for in general. And I just couldn't imagine myself being anywhere else. And I feel like I'm pretty good at what you know what I do. So yeah. No, that's great. That's fantastic. And it's nice where you're when you're somewhere, not only location, but I love what I'm doing. I love my job. It's a unique, fun, neat place. People love it too. Instead of the boring jobs that people are like, Oh, God, Mondays, I hate Mondays. (laughs) Usually I hate Mondays, too. But I complain because I, I'm getting my bills paid. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I've had my fair share of working at haunted locations, including hotels. And it just, I think it keeps things interesting. It's like never a dull moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. And (laughs) I've had, I mean, just the short three years that I've been here, I've learned a lot about paranormal, you know, from my own experiences as well as having guests come in and wanting to do investigations and tours and I've learned how to use, like, the equipment and things like that. So, it's, I don't know, it's a pretty good perk, and I have met some pretty amazing people along the way, so. Yeah, I bet. I do in the paranormal investigating it for several years. I have just, I've met phenomenal people like yourself, like, it just seems like the paranormal community is so amazing and phenomenal and just filled to the brim with unique, awesome people. And it's neat when they come in your lives. Do you guys actually offer tours? Because I know, for instance, there's this um, place that a lot of people probably know about, Stanley Hotel in Estes Park in my home state, Colorado. And yeah. they used to do tours like all the time. And I've had several people tell me now that they are very against it now. It's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And that's kind of a bummer, but I understand, I guess, at the same time. But do you guys ever offer tours? Oh, yeah. In fact, I do all of the tours. We do have a couple of other people in the hotel that do them as well if I'm unavailable. But I do a lot of tours. In fact, ever since I came back after COVID had kind of struck the world, yeah. um, I did more tours than honestly you could possibly imagine I mean like to me it's a real treat being able to show people the whole building itself and you know telling them about the history and giving them that experience and kind of letting them take a step back in time and really understand the Mizpah a little bit more yeah, and good for you. I love when people do that. They open up their establishments to the people. And I just love seeing that. I wish more places would do that. And I I definitely will have to head out there sometime and check it out. I've always wanted to go to the Mispas. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm an author. And I'm just about to publish my second book, like within a matter of a week, probably it's going to be out. But I'm already working on book number three, where I'm trying to find new locations to investigate. And each location is a chapter. So who knows, maybe the MISPA will end up in book number three. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) This place is pretty interesting. Um, And I mean, I'm sure you're probably already aware, but we did win the number one haunted hotel in America by the readers of USA Today. 
Two years in a row, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know it was two years in a row. I was just actually going to bring yeah. that up. That's that's no easy feat with so many locations that are haunted in this country alone. You know, forget oh, yeah. about all the other countries, but just this country. So that's pretty cool. Two years in a row. Do you, So in your heart of hearts, do you really believe that the MISPA is the most haunted hotel in the United States today? I mean, just based off of the experiences that I've had and some of our other staff members as well, I mean, there is definitely no doubt in my mind that we've got to be way up there, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think that another thing that would really, I guess, open other people's minds to that factor is the tours that we do offer and people doing paranormal investigations and things like that and actually really getting to experience the paranormal side of the hotel. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure throughout the years, you've heard your fair share of stories from guests when it comes to the paranormal encounters. I know you've had some of your own and we're going to get into that a little later, but what have been some of the most memorable ones that you've heard from past guests and staff? Well, I guess we'll start with staff first off. This happened, I guess, fairly recently, about two months ago, I would say now. Mm. One of our sector head housekeeper now, she was, I believe it was on the second floor. And I mean, middle of the morning, you know, cleaning rooms and taking care of business and all of a sudden, she got a really weird burning sensation on her neck. Ooh. And she said that she had touched her neck, and she felt what seemed to be, like, kind of a welt on her neck. And so she went and, you know, looked in the bathroom, kind of pulled her collar down on her shirt, and she seen that she had three really long scratches on her neck. Oh, wow. Ouch. Yeah, and she was alone. And I thought that was pretty intriguing because I myself actually had a very similar experience in the basement um, in the middle of a paranormal investigation and I've never had anything like that ever happen to me before and I asked her the same thing I I said did it feel like somebody touched your neck with a hot poker and she's like oh my gosh yes wow why like uh, because that happened to me during the investigation you know so it's I don't know to me that as far as employees go, I feel like that will probably forever stand out to me because, I mean, I've never felt any negative energy until that happened. Yeah. Um, no, that's interesting because a lot of people, they, I always have to laugh when they're like, oh, well, spirits can't hurt you. Because I've been, my hair has been pulled. I've been scratched. I've been pushed. Uh, you know, and I've had a detachment. I mean, they are very much in control, and they'll let you know when they're around for sure. But, yeah, that, that must have really hurt. Yeah, I mean, and they they lasted. They were there for pretty much most of the day, you know, and she said that it was, like, bothering her constantly. Yeah, so I thought that was definitely one of the more interesting experiences, I guess, that I've, you know, heard from other staff members. We've had other previous workers that, like, we had a lady that worked in the restaurant, and she did our morning shift, so she would be here, you know, five in the morning to get ready to open at six, and 
she said that she would start getting things set up. She'd step out and notice, you know, maybe the lamp that was next to the register wasn't on, and then she'd leave, come back, and all of a sudden it was on. Hmm. Or there's where it has been knocked over. Pictures have been, like, turned really cockeyed on the walls. We have a picture of Senator Pete Pittman right there as soon as you walk into the restaurant. And she said that she came in one night, or excuse me, one morning, and that picture was completely just dismantled from the wall. And it oh, was wow. sitting on the it wasn't broken. And she said that it wasn't like that when she first came in, and all of a sudden, you know, it was on the floor. And <laughs> I, it's very interesting, like, the different experiences that, you know, people have. And, you know, I feel like, of course, the more open to the idea that you are, you know, to the, the whole paranormal aspect that, you know, some pretty intriguing things can happen. I I always say there's never a dull moment when it comes to the paranormal and that I guess that's why I'm just so fascinated with it you know and I like you I love hearing people's experiences and like the one you shared with earlier you I I find that interesting because you found you you experienced that yourself you know and she validated yeah that's what it felt like to me that you know so two different incidents and two different people that's really intense stuff. And so when it comes to you and your experiences, you and your husband, you guys have had things happen too. Let's... So <laughs> my husband's not as, I don't want to say he's not as open-minded to the idea as I am. I just feel like I've been given the chance to experience it a little bit more than he has. So he's kind of a skeptic. <laughs> Yeah, would you say, like, maybe, like, an open-minded skeptic? Or yeah. not so much? Okay, because, yeah, my boyfriend, he cracks me up. He is a total skeptic. He's, like, he's had things happen to him, and he always, he's the world's biggest debunker, even if it doesn't make sense. And it's, like, okay, there's no getting to him on this, so I won't even try. But at least you gotta, I gotta respect the open-minded skeptics. It's like, at least it's like, okay, possibly, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's definitely open to the idea. He's just, I don't know, maybe he's not as open-minded as he thinks that he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, with some of those kind of people, sometimes it just takes, like, I know a lot of people who have even been investigating the paranormal for, for years and years, and they're just kind of like, I'm one of those people that I need to see it to believe it. You know, like, you could come and tell right. me something that happened to you, and even if that happened to me, it's like, did it really happen to you? I need to see it to believe it. And it's like, well... Who knows? <laughs> so maybe something special needs to happen to him. And maybe he'll have his moment with the paranormal and he'll become a firm believer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I was a huge, not a huge skeptic. Like, I was always open to the idea. I just, I don't know, I guess I never really paid much attention to it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I my first paranormal investigation and gosh I was like I mean you could see it all over my face in the video it's on it's actually on YouTube and I was just clueless I, guess. <laughs> I just looked so confused you know and like mind blown and like 
kind of scared, but then, like, really thrilled. And I don't know, it was just, like, a huge mix of emotions. (laughs) I think that's how it is with everybody, you know? I mean, even the most seasoned that have been doing this for decades, they all, we all had to start somewhere, you know? We all had that first investigation, and I think we all kind of walked into it like, okay, what's going to happen? What's happening? Is this real? And so... (laughs) Thank for that's all for all of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so as far as guest experiences, that one's kind of a tough one because I have I've heard some stories from guests, but I have also had some really interesting experiences with guests as well. Mm, wow. Full um, of tours, and you know, I mean, we've had people come back to the hotel specifically because of an experience that they've had and I mean it's it's hard to like I guess choose a really unique experience I guess that I guess has had I did have one lady and this one actually kind of makes me laugh a little bit okay well now you have me intrigued so I I did um a couple of graveyard shifts at the front desk couple nights a week this was a couple years ago mm. and I checked this lady in you know but probably like right at the beginning of my shift and I usually come on like around like 10 or whatever to start my grade well she came in you know gets herself settled and she's on the third floor and she's staying in room 306 so she calls down to the front desk She's telling me, and this is is one of my first really weird experiences. Mm. I mean, I've heard some stuff, you know, things like that. But this one was like, I don't know, it gave me chills, but I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is actually kind of comical more than anything. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm comfortable with the idea of, you know, experiencing things. So she calls down and she's telling me, I'm really sorry to bother you, but can you have the people in the room next to me calm their children down? They're really, really rambunctious, and I'm trying to get some sleep. And she was literally just staying here for the night. She just passed through town and needed a place to stay. So yeah. it was really early morning, so she's trying to button down for the night. Right. There's somebody next to her in the room, and, you know, their kids are just a handful. She can't sleep, and... I'm, you know, going through our system and just checking out what's going on, and I still have her on the phone, and I'm looking at our computer, and I'm just like, um, I don't, I don't have anybody in the room next to you. Hmm. And it's so funny, because, like, it's not that kids don't ever stay in the hotel, it's just not very common, I guess. I mean, maybe once a week, twice a week, we'll get, you know, a couple of families here and there. Yeah. But it's more of a, not, I guess, a huge on a, you know, being a family hotel, which, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not, but just yeah. not as cool that people bring their kids here. They're more interested in going, like, the Best Western because it's got the pool or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Right. So, and I mean, this is also during our, like, slower season as well. So, everybody in the hotel like, a little bit more spread out. You know, each floor is kind of, like I said, just everybody's kind of spread out a little bit more so that not everybody's right on top of each other. It's a little more peaceful. Yeah. I told her, I'm really sorry. I, I apologize, but I don't have anybody in the room next to you. And she was just not happy. That's impossible. Their kids are really loud. And I mean, 
she was just super angry. Oh, wow. And she hung up, and she comes down, and she's like, look, I, I tried to get over it, tried to give it a shot, and, like, I just, I really can't, I can't deal with it. So I, I didn't know how else to show her, explain to her, like, hey, these rooms are vacant, you know, and so I actually came up to the third floor with her to give her some type of reassurance. I offered to move her because she was just not happy. I offered to move her down to the second floor, help her with her luggage. She came up to the third floor together, and we stepped out of the elevator, and the room to 307, the door, was actually wide open. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she paused and froze, looked at me, and she's like, no. No way does that just happen. She's like, I'm telling you, someone was in that room. And I literally just stood there. I, I mean, I was frozen as well, but I started laughing. I didn't know how else to react. And I was like, okay. Like, so we go and we're looking at the room. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you're going in there? And I'm like, yeah, I got to make sure there's nobody in here. Got to close, you know, got to close it. Right. Like, you know, make sure that nobody had a key. And, trying to be silly or whatever and I mean the room is just pitch black you know there was a single person in sight and I mean it was just I don't know I didn't even know like I said what else to do except for laugh and (laughs) she was like oh my gosh she's like I can't believe this just happened like her whole attitude was just like a total 360 she went from being so angry to like oh my gosh I just had a crazy experience you know (laughs) and so she, she still got moved. She was like, no, I'm pretty insistent on being moved. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, and it was so funny. So the whole backstory to the kids is there's two children that are on the third floor that are rambunctious, and they pester the guests. And, I mean, the third floor is the most active floor in the building, as well as the basement. So it was just, I don't know. Like, it's, it's one of those things where you hear the stories, but you just, like, a skeptic but you're like okay never mind (laughs) like I believe it now hopefully when she got moved she got some good shut eye but at least you made an effort and you're like look you know so it wasn't like she was like oh sure I'm sure there's someone in there and you're just like telling me there isn't you know and it's like you both experienced this together and it's always neat when you have another person who sees what you see so it's not just like oh I saw this yeah. <laughs> no, so, okay, so you were saying that the basement and the third floor are the most active of the hotel. Now, I know every haunted hotel has their more than active rooms, should we say, rooms that people like me would prefer to stay in. For right. the fans of the paranormal and fellow paranormal investigators who may be interested in staying in the MISPA some night, which are the rooms that you would recommend? If they wanted that action, you know? Yeah. So the fifth floor as well is very active. It's not, I want to say it's not as active as the third floor. The fifth floor, of course, is our pretty popular floor because we're, of course, well known for the lady in red. And so a lot of people actually request room 502. It's just a regular king-size room. There's nothing, I don't want to say there's nothing about it, except for the fact that she was killed right outside of what is now 502. Um, a lot of people have had experiences in there, and a lot of people request it. Some people will call and 
hey, I want the lady in red room. But wow. we have to clarify, I want the lady in red suite <laughs> or 502. Because <laughs> we do have the lady in red suite, which is beautiful room. I mean, it's just, the decor in there is phenomenal. And it's our more expensive room in the hotel, but it's well worth the money. I mean, it's a great experience and it's just, it's a beautiful room. But definitely 502 for sure. And the third floor, to me, I would say pretty much anywhere on the third floor. Oh, wow. But I've had a lot of people tell me about experiences that they've had in 301, which is one of our rooms with the double beds, and uh, 306, 305, 310. So pretty much, I mean, just based off of all the stories that I've heard and, like, the tours that I've given and, you know, just the interaction that I've had with a lot of guests here and their experiences is it just seems to be the entire third floor. So there's not really, you know, one spot or the other. Yeah. No, that's neat. That's, that's good to know. So you guys, basically the lady in red room and then the whole third floor for those who are interested and yeah, I'll have to make it, a priority to go sometime. I'm not too terribly far away. I'm in Colorado most of the time. So yeah, that's pretty neat. So let's talk a little bit more about the lady in red. When did she first, when did sightings of her first come about? And she was a soil dove, right? So she, she was a prostitute in the twenties who had come here during the really hefty mining boom for the town because this is where all the money was. You know, there was a lot of really wealthy men here spending their money, and it was the easiest way for beautiful young women to make some easy cash. So she actually lived here at the Mispah before her very early demise, unfortunately. Um, she was really young when she was killed. But as far as her first sightings, that's that's a really good question. Um, I do know that when the clients actually purchased the hotel, the workers would actually talk about, I was in this room here, and all of a sudden I've seen this woman roaming back and forth in the hallway, and then all of a sudden she was gone. And no, not necessarily was she in red. Um, that's just kind of, I guess the, the best way I always explain lady in red is what I've I guess done my research on is it's very similar to like La Llorona where you know like mm. a woman except she's not weeping for her children if she was killed by a jealous lover so it's very similar but it's got a obviously a pretty significant difference but they would talk about I mean this was in 2010 you know when they were in the process of doing their remodel and renovations and stuff to the hotel but, you know, there was gentlemen talking about, oh, yeah, I was in this room on the fifth floor, and I swear I saw a woman with long, dark hair and, like, a white, almost like a nightgown, I guess, walk, you know, walk by the room. And then they think, oh, okay, maybe I'm just seeing things. It was right out of the corner of my eye. Maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me. But then all of a sudden there was one guy that talked about how he went to go into – one of the bathrooms that he was, you know, doing the plumbing and stuff on, and he saw this woman again, and she just stood right at the end of the little hallway there, 
and just kind of stared at him. She was saying anything, but it was the same woman that he'd seen out of the corner of his eye. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And then a lot of people have talked about, and I mean, this is a really common, a common experience that people seem to have as well, is they, especially in 502, but on the fifth floor, they can smell like a really faint, but very distinct smell of like a perfume, almost like a floral scent. Oh, wow. You know, it's not very heavy and it's not like somebody just walked by, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of hits you right out of nowhere and then it just kind of goes away, you know? So we just kind of assume that maybe that's a part of the lady in red, you know, kind of paying her visits to our guests and, you know, letting her presence be known that, hey, here's my perfume. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. Definitely got to love those phantom smells. It's kind of like, and sometimes it's overwhelming because there's been times where I'll smell something and nobody else will smell it. And to me, it's so strong. I feel like I'm going to faint sometimes. Like it just like, it, yeah. it, it like invades your nostrils, you know, and it's like, no, I don't smell what you're smelling. And I'm like, well, you think you smell it from across the room. And so in my cases, phantom smells have always been almost like very intoxicatingly strong. So it's, uh, it's nice, I imagine when somebody has Oh, it's distinct, it's faint, but it's definitely there, but it's not making me sick. <laughs> right. See, and it's funny because one of the other things that stands out a lot as well is, I mean, we're a non-smoking hotel, and I know that myself included, as well as a few guests, have had the same exact experience where you can actually smell, like, cigarette smoke or a cigar. Wow. And it's like it's not like a fresh cigarette it's very stale so you can you can definitely tell the difference that i mean that's another weird thing that people have you know experienced in the hotel like i said myself included i mean i smelled it right outside of my office you know what i mean yeah so oh wow yeah you know so there's another spirit linked here which is you just mentioned mentioned him earlier Senator Pittman. Now, while doing some of my research, I found some sites saying that he died at the MISPA during an upcoming election and that his body was kind of kept on ice in one of the room tubs. But other places say he died like in Reno or some other place altogether. So do you is it one of those things that it's just unknown or do you know if Senator Pittman did die there? So I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. I've heard, I mean, majority of the stories that I've heard about Senator Keegan was that, yes, he did die in this hotel. Tonopah itself is just the midpoint between Vegas and Reno, so this was everybody's stopping point. I mean, it was the center of town, like the highlight of the town, you know? Yeah. So a lot of stopped here, and he was one of them, and I mean, this was one of his favorite places to come, and of course, running for senator (laughs) and I don't know if he just had health complications or what but the story that I've always heard is that yes he did die in the hotel just from natural causes and because they didn't want to chant him losing the election they (laughs) kept his body on and kept his death hush hush and he won right I mean he ended up winning the election winning the election (laughs) Uh, so of course 
just after the election, they transported him to a hospital in Reno where they then had him pronounced. But then, of course, there is the other story that I heard as well that, you know, he he was here, got sick, and they trans you know, they drove him up to Reno so he was still alive when he got to a Reno hospital and then ended up dying in the hospital. So, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to pinpoint what the truth, you know what I mean? I mean right. And, it's, of course, it's super exciting and <laughs> it's interesting to think, wow, this man actually died in the hotel and they kept him off ice? Like, right. <laughs> and for nobody to know that he was and for it to not spread like wildfire, you know, almost immediately is, is really intriguing. So, right, absolutely, it that is a, a an interesting story to say the least. And wh- whether he died there or not, at least it was known that he did spend time there. It was one of his favorite spots to go to. So, whether death was there or not, it isn't hard to believe that he possibly is there. So. Do you think he is there? I know you said that, you know, somebody experienced one morning when the picture was there and then all of a sudden it was on the ground, not broken, but it wasn't there before. Do you think that's kind of him going, hey, I'm here? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes, I am going to say that I do honestly believe that, you know, his spirit is in the hotel. One of my reasons is because I mean, the two children that are on the third floor didn't actually die in the hotel. Yeah. You know, their mothers were prostitutes, and this is where they conducted their business, and, of course, brought their children to the hotel, and all they did was, you know, run the halls and play and, you know, did the typical kid thing, that this is where they had the best memories, and this is where they spent their childhood, and this was their favorite place to be. So, right. I guess, one of those things where you kind of go where you have the most fondest memories, I guess, and that's where you're spending eternity. Right, and it seems like it was probably their second home. You know, it seems like they were there enough where they were comfortable there. Yeah, so maybe that that was the same case for him. He just loved the Mizpah so much that was where he's destined to be. (laughs) Right, and I actually found a story Shambria about three miners I believe and the Mispa's basement I know you said that place is super active do you know what I'm talking about can you talk a bit more about the three miners story yes so there were three miners that basically had a hand in helping transport money between banks from here over to the Belvada mm. I mean the banking people I guess you could say have this idea that if they were discreet about transporting, you know, money and, you know, silver, gold, or, you know, whatever they had in their vault between banks underground, that they would reduce the risk of being robbed, and they just thought that it was just more careful. Well, they made the mistake of hiring these three miners that obviously had access to all the mining tunnels that ran through town between businesses and things like that, that they were their transporters, basically. And they decided that they needed a little bit of an extra cut on payday. And, mm. you know, while nobody was in the bank, 
they dug a tunnel through the mining tunnel up into the vault and robbed the bank, essentially. One of the miners actually became very greedy towards his accomplices, and he, you know, after they were done bagging up all the money and dropping it down in the tunnel so that they could be transported out, they ended up actually getting shot. Jeez. And they're made off with all the money and was never caught. He was never caught? Never caught. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> it's a story. Yeah, really. Bad ending. Bad ending. So do, do, is it believed that these miners are possibly, these two murdered miners are possibly there? Like, that's such a traumatic, when murders happen, it's just so heartbreaking. But it's like, it's easy to believe why a place would be so actively haunted when something so horrendous happened. So yeah, definitely. I I don't have a single doubt in my mind that there's two men in the basement to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if there was more. I mean, just in the whole entire hotel in general. When I came back from leave of absence due to COVID, I gave this couple a tour. I'll never forget this. I, you know, I've, I've been here for a while, and I've never, like, I've had experiences, but never really actually seen something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, an open door doesn't count, but I gave this couple a tour, and the woman, she was so into the paranormal, and she's a young girl, and her boyfriend was, oh, you know, he's, he's open-minded, but he's like, I'm more in it for the, the structure of the building itself, like, really interested in, like, the architecture, you know, this building fascinating, I just, you know, I'm really intrigued, but yeah. he's, he's going down to the basement, and I'm, as soon as we get off the elevator, I'm talking to them about basically how I start my tours, and kind of going over a little bit of the history of the basement, and all of a sudden, this poor guy total skeptic, but, you know, open-minded, comes back. He turned so white, almost like he saw something, but he didn't. He, like, fell to the ground. And I did not know how to react. And I was like, asking if he was all right, if he wanted to go back up to the lobby. And I, he bounced back pretty quickly, but it was, I don't know, it was kind of scary, I guess, because that's never happened. And, you know, he gets up and he's like, like, wow, I feel like I just had a crazy head rush. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's like, I just, I felt weak all of a sudden. He's like, I've never experienced that. And he's like, man, I just, I got weak in the legs and I just had no energy and I just felt. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, and I mean, this is one of the first, first experiences that I had, you know, coming back to work, and it was so weird. So, we go through the basement, and we go and get to the one part where, to me, it's always the most active, and um, we walk in, it's basically like a little, it looks like an old mining room is what it is. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty old, it's authentic as can possibly be, you know, we go through this big wooden door, and I mean, of course, I'm ahead of them a little ways, and I walk in, and I mean, this happens so fast, 
but it was really amazing how much I was able to retain. Um, I saw a man in the basement. Oh. <laughs> I mean. Wow. Like I said, I'd never seen anything before, and this was so weird. <laughs> I mean, I my my reaction to that was kind of silly, actually. I walk in, and, like, my eyes get big, and I just put my hand up, you know, like, to stop this people from coming in here, you know, like, it was, like, something dangerous, and I just, <laughs> I, I don't know, it was just so weird, and they... <laughs> <laughs> we're like what what happened what did you see and I'm like I just saw a man it's so funny because a lot of times when something so intriguing or something weird happens to me and like you know when I'm doing tours or anything like that I get these really funny reactions and I sometimes I wonder if people think that I'm I guess full of shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that's awesome and to me that is such a phenomenal piece of evidence when you actually see apparitions especially full-bodied apparitions I've I've had that happen too and it's just like oh my god did I just see that and that's cool when you're able to see so many details like you know you're talking about the ruggedness of him and what he's wearing and what he looks like and yeah that was totally a minor probably (laughs) like that's that's really neat and then the same with the little child That is really awesome. Now, before we end this, you know, there's so many locations, establishments that they're known for certain things, you know, doing research on different places. It's like a lot of people, you know, either have experiences with cold spots and different things like that. Is there, I know we've already mentioned, you've already talked about a lot of different things, but are there certain things that the MISPA is known for when it comes to oh, yeah, cold spots here and, you know, different things there. Personally, I never experienced cold spots myself, except for in the basement. But, I mean, even that was a little, I don't want to say deceiving, but questionable. Yeah. Because, I mean, the last paranormal investigation I did was during kind of a chilly time, so parts of the basement are very cold. 
But, I mean, during the investigation, at one point, I'm, I mean, the temperature dropped, like, 10 degrees in, like, five minutes. You know what I mean? And so I don't know if maybe that was just, like, oh, you know, and just getting chillier outside or, like, oh, wow, there's, like, you know, I mean, and it happened in the middle of so much activity, like, <laughs> happening, you know, that right. it's believable to me. But I've never really, I've never had any guests talk about cold spots, but I have had. (laughs) I've had that happen too, where sometimes it's like hot, like I'll be in Arizona and it's like 115 degrees and my, I have a mel meter and it'll all of a sudden like be a 15 degree difference. And so some, you know, obviously it's more noticeable when it's hot, but I've had times where I'll be like somewhere in Colorado and it's cold. And even though it's cold, sometimes it's extremely noticeably colder somewhere else. And it's like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, never a dull moment. I really appreciate you and your time. And I will definitely have to stay at your establishment sometime and for those who may be interested in staying is there a way they could call you or yeah absolutely um and i'm always always answering my emails and so i'm always willing to take any email from anyone and you can find a lot of our information as well on our website at www.mispahotel.com the phone number here is 775-482-3030. Like I said, I I get a lot of those calls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, I get a lot of emails. And, I mean, actually, I'm looking at this little package that I received. These people just came through here a couple months ago. But I they dropped off this little package. They were actually paranormal investigators. But they dropped off this really neat little package and it had like a coffee mug in it and some stickers and some door hangers oh that's awesome that is so Uh, sweet uh, yeah very cool well again shambria i really do appreciate your time and we will definitely thanks for having me oh pleasure is absolutely all mine i know you're a super busy gal so i do appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) no problem I'm always here. Yeah, I'm sure you live there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What a total sweetheart. She was so awesome. What you guys don't know is is that we had several disruptions. We had uh, my dog barking crazily at probably the wind and just a bunch of different things where we had to stop and keep going and when we thought it was all over the lawn people came and weed whackers here and there and so it was quite an adventure that we had but she was awesome she was a trooper and totally patient so thank you Shambria for that (laughs) definitely appreciate it so yeah if you guys are ever in Tonopah Nevada go check out the Mizpah and go on a tour as they sound phenomenal, definitely going to go someday. You may, who knows, you may run into the Lady in Red, the Murdered Miners, the Soiled Dove's Children, Senator Pittman, who knows. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are all pretty phenomenal. 
haven't heard every single one yet. No need to cry. You can go to any of those podcast platforms such as Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, wherever you may roam to listen to your other phenomenal podcasts. You'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Surfside Beach, Texas, Walton on Thames, England, Georgetown Township, Michigan. Say that 20 times. Georgetown Township, <laughs> Johnston City, Illinois. And Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. You all are phenomenal in my book. Thank you so much, rock stars. Come see me next Monday. Have a brand new episode waiting just for you. Have an idea for a spooky episode. Email me, paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. See you next week.